Hey guys, welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield. And in case you are new to the podcast, I am a cookbook author of also Just the Good Stuff, recipe developer, podcast host, mama to Ezra, baby mama to Jordan. And I am so freaking excited about today's episode. This is truly such a special podcast episode to be sharing with you guys for a few reasons. First of all, there are three three, not just one, three amazing, amazing guests on today's podcast. I had, I was supposed to be on my cookbook tour right now during this pandemic. And, you know, just like many other people and their big life events and other things happening that was first rescheduled. And then now we decided to just cancel indefinitely all the in-person events until everything settles down. And obviously we're hoping that we can like plan something in the future. But until then, I'm going to be bringing you guys a lot more podcast episodes and a lot more panel type of focused ones where we can do live podcast recordings through Zoom. This excites me so much because we're able to, unlike an Instagram live, don't get me wrong, I love the lives, but the live podcast recordings on Zoom, people are able to like call in or quote, raise their hand and ask questions to us. And you'll hear that in the episode for each panel. But it was so cool to be able to talk to Melissa, Alex, and Monique, the three guests, which I'll get into shortly, and have you guys also ask your own questions and we were able to hear your voices. And you can even turn on the feature where we can you know, just like we're video chatting ourselves. And it was so special. And it was so cool to be able to do this. This episode is packed with amazing information and insights from our three guests. So let me dive into the guests that we have on the panel. First, we have Melissa Wood of Melissa Wood Health. And we talk all things skincare. We talk about meditation. Melissa gives us the rundown on her skincare favorites, which we know is a hot topic. I love her so much. She's also one of the sweetest and kindest humans in the entire world. I have had her on the podcast before, so definitely head back to that episode if you want to hear a little bit more from her. We talk about how we inspire each other, how we're doing in the quarantine, having kids, and we talk about the art of saying no. And I think that's something that doesn't come easy to a lot of us. And Melissa had a lot of inspiring information to share. Then we talk to Alex Snodgrass of The Defined Dish. Alex is a cookbook author, a recipe developer as well. She lives out in Texas with her beautiful young daughters and her husband, and they are building a new house. Definitely follow her over at The Defined Dish. And we talk all things Whole30, our philosophies on food, where we get inspiration from for recipes, how we stay motivated, a lot, a lot of good food scoop from Alex. And then we talk to Monique Valls of Ambitious Kitchen, the new beautiful mama to Sydney. And I so, so, so appreciate, well, I appreciate all of my guests' time, but I know that Monique is adjusting to motherhood right now. It is so overwhelming the first few months, and she was a rock star on this panel. She gives us insight into the adjustments she's made since having babies. Then we talk, we kind of transition into more food because if you guys follow Monique over on Ambitious Kitchen, you know that she loves food. She is a queen of delicious recipes for sweet, for savory, for everything. We talk all about kitchen hacks. We talk about our favorite recipes on our blogs, our favorite items at certain stores like Trader Joe's, being okay with eating for comfort. And I'm actually going to bring Monique 
back on the podcast in the next few weeks. So definitely stay tuned for that. But I was so appreciative of these three amazing women who took time out of their quarantine and time being home with their families to help celebrate my cookbook, my virtual cookbook tour. And since this was such a success, we're going to be planning a lot more. So please stay tuned for that. And the fabulous Garden of Life moderated the panel. Shout out to my girl, Lisa, who I am so proud of you. Totally went out of her comfort zone and moderated this panel. And she did such an amazing job. So good job, Lisa. I love you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this for us. And that actually leads me into our sponsor for today's episode, which is Garden of Life. Now, you guys know I have been a huge Garden of Life advocate for years now. I have started off with their vitamins like the prenatal and the woman's once daily. And eventually I transitioned to using Garden of Life in all aspects of my life, like recipes with coconut oil and flaxseed. But I want to talk a little bit about probiotics from them because they offer the biggest variety of probiotics that I've ever seen. And lately, I have been using two new ones that are like new to me, and I am beyond obsessed. The first one is their CBD probiotic stress relief, which you guys know I do have high cortisol levels. I tend to run a little anxious um, from time to time as I'm like probably talking so quickly right now, but that's just my personality. I'm like, go, 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 go. So their CBD probiotic is a game changer. It calms me. It also is good for my gut. It's non-GMO. It's organic. It supports digestive and immune and stress management. It's certified gluten-free and THC-free. And it also adds essence of bergamot and lavender. So you guys know lavender is super calming. This probiotic is amazing. I personally double it up. It has 50 billion CFU and 10 milligrams of CBD per serving. But I have found that for me taking two of those at night, I take them about two hours after I eat dinner. So I probably take around like nine-ish or so. And it's been amazing. I absolutely love it. And then I also switch my probiotic after every bottle. So I just finished that one. And now I went back to one of my other favorites from them, which is the Raw Probiotics Ultimate Care. It's 100 billion CFU and 34 probiotic strands. Awesome for the immune system. They're also non-GMO, project verified, and gluten-free and I have been using Garden of Life probiotics for years. They make so many other ones. So definitely head on over to my Amazon page. I'll link to it here. You can order them directly and let me know what you guys think. And most importantly, if you enjoy this episode and feel like supporting the podcast and are loving it, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and review and spread the word about just the good stuff. You can screenshot your favorite episode, tag us and put it on your Instagram stories. You can DM me, tell me which one's your favorite. Like, let me know what you're loving. And if you want to take a few minutes or really a minute, it doesn't take too long to leave an actual review, that would be amazing. I'm going to read the most recent one that we have on here. Let's see. Oh, this one is perfect. It's from Caroline Murr. Thank you, Caroline. The subject or like the title, my fave podcast from an infrequent podcaster. I love this. Not a podcast junkie, but I always love Rachel's podcast. If you're a fan of Rachel or just into living slash learning about a healthy lifestyle, you will definitely enjoy her conversations with any of her guests. That means so much to me. Thank you so much. I can't believe how many episodes there are now on the podcast. I believe this is episode like 19 or something, which is 
crazy. And like I said, I'm definitely going to start doing some more. Keep an eye out. Head on over to Instagram at Rachel Mansfield where you'll have the full rundown. And let's dive into today's episode. We will talk soon. First of all, thank you guys so much for helping me celebrate my virtual book tour for Just the Good Stuff, which I conveniently now have next to me right here. Um, so crazy that we were not able to technically do a lot of the tour and see everyone in person and in real life, but awesome that something like this happened in 2020. So at least we have the capabilities to do something like this, I guess, you know, digitally and still be able to connect in some way or another. So thank you to Garden of Life for moderating another amazing panel for us. And a huge thank you to my three amazing panelists, Melissa Wood of Melissa Wood Health. We're going to be chatting with Alex Nodgrass of The Defined Dish, followed by Monique Valls of Ambitious Kitchen. So it's an amazing, amazing panel. And Lisa from Garden of Life is going to be moderating everything. She's going to set the, kind of set the stage, keep us going with a few questions in the beginning. And then we are going to transition into a live Q&A, which is awesome. So apparently on the Zoom, there is a feature where you can raise your hand. So when we transition into the Q&A, definitely raise your hand if you have a question. And there is like tech support Tommy. Tommy, I think your new name, tech support Tommy. And he will be able to um, show your face. So we will be able to see you and you can ask your question to us. So if you also have any questions or like issues with technology during this, please just reach out to Tommy via the chat feature. And I think from here, I'm going to uh, hand it on over to Lisa. Let's get this party started. Oh my gosh. Hello, everyone. We're so excited. My name is Lisa. I am from Garden of Life, and we have been partners with Rachel Mansfield for three years now. And the launch of her book, Just the Good Stuff, has been so much fun for us. We started with some book tour events, but as you guys know, with circumstances, this is where we're at now. We're so excited. So. So happy to talk to Melissa and Rachel today, of course. So welcome, Melissa. We are so excited to have you and your amazing energy here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm just hoping my kids don't enter, but (laughs) I feel good. I did my oils, my grounding before, and I'm ready for this. (laughs) If you want to make a debut, no one will be upset about it. (laughs) outside on his room room riding around in his car so (laughs) I mean if Ezra makes a debut I don't think anyone would be disappointed either exactly (laughs) so I'm gonna start off with the fact that obviously our world has changed um as of a couple months ago now so I just kind of wanted to ask both of you what have you learned about yourself in this new norm that we are living in And a couple of specific questions, you know, have there been any major shifts in your lives, your career, you know, the messaging you push out? Just kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Melissa, you could start. Okay. I was going to hand it off to you, Rachel. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, so much has changed for me. I would say that I have become really aware of the things that I need on a whole new level. Um, I need to be alone. Like I'm just the type of personality that naturally runs really anxious and I get overwhelmed easy. Hence why I'm like so committed to 
the life that I live and the content that I share because it's made such an impact in my life. But I have to carve out time to just be with myself. I really need space to just be and not do so much all the time. I mean, you know, for me, I've had a digital business for five years. So this has really become like, this is a huge, this is my everything sharing digitally in this sense. But, you know, I'm not used to being under the the same roof with everyone all hours of the day at all times. So I'm just so clear on my guesses and my nose. Like, if something comes in and even if it's like slightly enticing and I'm like, don't do it. Like, you know, you know, when push comes to shove and you overcommit because I want to please people when the time comes, I'm so overwhelmed and stressed out that I'm really creating the space and, and allowing myself to say no with so much compassion and love, um, without feeling as if I'm disappointing people because I feel like I'm spreading myself so thin doing everything right now that I'm so clear on it. Like I've, I've, I'm getting to know myself on a, in a whole new way throughout this time. Yeah. I was even talking to Dylan about that when I was on the phone with her, like Melissa is committing herself to everyone right now. Like, how is she doing all this? And like (sighs) present to herself. I mean, when I want to get away from like Ezra and Jordan, I just sit in the bathroom on the floor for a few minutes or like make sure I go inside. But like, we're like the most generous and loving person. And you like always want to help other people, which is like something that I truly admire about you. But like, that's a lot. It adds up, especially at a time like this. Cause you're not like you can go and do anything else by yourself either. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. You know, I literally just said to Dylan, um, and just so you know, I had a zero ounce of that with this. Like when you asked me, I was like, oh my God, yes. Like when something jumps at me and I'm just like, it's in, in alignment with my soul. And I like, don't even have to think about it. I know those are all my hell yeses. Like, I don't need to put any, it's just like, oh yes. Like without a doubt. And I think like I just said to Dylan, I am obsessed with going live. I've always loved going live, but it's it's like going live on speed right now. Yeah. So while I love doing it, I'm also still trying to, you know, deliver the meditations and the workouts for my members as I normally would. And if I'm going live too much, I'm not able to do that. And it takes all my energy because I put everything that I have into my work. So I think, you know, I literally just said to Dylan right before this call, I said, I'm so happy I have lives booked for the next eight weeks and I'm so excited about all of them, but I have to limit it to two to three a week. I can't push myself to do more because no matter what the circumstance is, because that's when I get overwhelmed and I start like, I start get it. You know, it's like, I, I just, I, I get crazy anxious. So. Yeah. I don't blame you. Um, is for me. Personally, I definitely learned through this that I don't need a lot of the things that I thought I needed beforehand to continue to function. So, and I also learned that I really, really love having Jordan home. Like he usually works crazy hours and leaves at 630 in the morning, comes home by 10 o'clock at night and he's able to see Ezra. So like, that's been amazing. And that's my favorite part of this whole thing. But when it comes, I just, I don't need as, as much, I don't need to schlep into the city and meet with people that I can meet with them over the phone. I don't need to go and take a workout class a few days a week. I can do a Melissa Wood Health on Ezra's play mat in my pajamas with no bra on. And it's totally <laughs> I don't have to do these things. Like I love doing like acupuncture and I love getting my nails done. And those aren't things that I really need to do on a 
as frequent basis as I think I was just doing before. There's a lot of other ways I've learned to kind of cope with the stress of this. And it also just put, it tests your limits being home with your family all the time. I'm in a thousand square foot apartment with my 15 month old and my husband, like it's, mm. it's tight, but at the same time, I like wouldn't have it any other way. So just putting things, I think puts everything into perspective that like you don't need as much as you think you do. You gave me chills, preach. Like I could cry too. I'm so sensitive this week. It's so true. And like you, like I've never spent this much time with my husband ever. Like I've never seen him this much. And I said that to him as well. I was like, it's so nice. Like having you home more and like, granted he's on calls most of the day doing my thing, but like, we'll have these moments of like, are you eating lunch? I'm eating lunch. Okay. Let's like, you know, sit together for five minutes. And it's so sweet. It is nice. It's definitely, it's been a, it's been a treat to the point where I'm like, Jordan, you have to like work from home for five <laughs> Oh, that's good that you still like each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> actually like, we always kept joking, like either a, a lot of babies are going to come out of this quarantine or and a lot, lot of, of or a lot of divorces. <laughs> And I actually think that this has like made our relationship even stronger. But Jordan and I, we've been together for 10 years. Like we were together since I was 19. So we're so used to being like literally on top of each other for years now that like this isn't too crazy to us. It just feels like a weekend that like hasn't ended. Right. <laughs> That's so cute. I definitely agree. I mean, it's it's been really great to slow down and also to hear both of you guys how much you're actually reaping the benefits of, you know, being home with your families more. And of course, it's the perfect time for the feel-good content that both of you create. Rachel, with your recipes and your grocery hauls and Melissa with your amazing workouts. And also, I know, Rach, pre-quarantine, you were loving your facials that you were getting in the city. And Melissa, I know your skincare, your skin sculpting routine is, is really popular, really amazing. I hear amazing things about it. Can you both touch a little bit more on that routine specifically? Well, I'll go first because mine's definitely a little bit shorter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do really miss Nicola from Pacific Touch. She is the woman who gave me my first facial like three months ago. So I've only had three or so of my life. And now I actually do need those on a monthly basis. But I have been trying to implement like my own skincare practices here that can help give that like glow that I would have after I left her. For me personally, I don't do well like washing my face a lot. So I wash my face at the end of the day with like a gentle cleanser. Um, I'll use an exfoliator maybe once a week, but it's really harsh on my skin. Mm-hmm. And then I put some toner on. I put some like eye serum for like wrinkles here. I put something like a hydrating cream on my face because again, I have a super, super dry face. And I started using my gua sha because of Melissa, not because I ever thought that I would do this because I remember her telling me, I think it was actually in my podcast episode that he, I wanted to get Botox and she's like, no, just wash it. Like you, you, this is all you need to do. And now I've been doing it to the point where I'm, I did it so much on Sunday that on Monday I went to go do it. My face was sore like I, <laughs> from rubbing the rock. Be gentle. So Mine's pretty simple and straightforward. I don't do many masks, actually. I do them maybe like a couple times a month. Um, but I'm pretty simple. Washing. Is that a term? Oh my, yes, it is. I'm a huge gua shaer. I'm literally like, I think it enhances like your beauty and the glow of your skin. Um, it's also really relaxing. I mean, I am 
a skincare product junkie. Like it's <laughs> most embarrassing. I am obsessed with the products. Like my first job, I worked at Sears Cosmetics. Then I worked at Chanel for five years. Like I've always just been into like makeup and beauty and I have more stuff than I'm, I give it away. I do giveaways all the time. I share it with people. Um, but I'm really interested and passionate about testing non-toxic products that are really impactful. I have a pretty extensive routine day and night and I'm, I do it, you know, like I, I enjoy it. It's, it's a bit meditative for me. So your routine, like, what do you do? Hearing you say that though, I'm wondering if I'm overwashing my face. Like I was like, you know what? I'm going to like, cause my skin's breaking out like crazy right now, but I also know why I know why it's doing that. It's a lot of like the food and I've been eating late at night because I'll like right now I would sit and eat with the kids and eat a little bit of their food and then, you know, whatever was left over. And then it would be, you know, after, um, I put the kids to bed at like 10 PM. I'm starving and then I'm eating. So I am now like being more mindful, trying not to eat with the kids, eat a little bit later so that I'm not eating that late at night for my skin, because I see the difference in my skin. So I wash my face. I tone my face with two toners. I have two toners that I really like because one is gentle and then one is a bit, one has some salicylic acid in it, which is great for acne. And then I use hyaluronic acid on Rachel's face. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying like, what? I use hyaluronic acid. I have to really show you. I, I use a pretty thick moisturizer at night from you to the people that I really love. And I, I'm always like testing different eye creams, but I test them where I'll give it a good two to four weeks with a product. So I really, really know if it's impactful. And I can usually tell in the first couple of days if I'm too sensitive for it. But um, day and night, like, you know, and I gua sha. I try to gua sha at least once a day. Right now I'm really striving for two because I have noticed some more fine lines on my face from being more stressed out. So I'm just, you know, trying to keep it tight, trying to keep it relaxed. Your top three, like, go-to brands for skincare. I love Youth to the People. I would say the majority of my skincare is Youth to the People. Oh, God, this is a hard one. I love Ursa. Um, Mayor, major, major, mayor. I'm saying that wrong. Um, I love, oh God, January Labs. I love Indie Lee. All clean, incredible products. Yeah. I just personally, I've never guashed before, and I've heard about you doing it, Melissa. Um, is it like to me when I see people doing it, it looks like you're pressing really hard? Is it just oh. a light? Okay. Yes. You don't want to press that hard. Um, my girlfriend was like, my face hurts. And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. (laughs) you shouldn't feel sore at all. Like it's really just a, (laughs) and by the way, I am not, there's, there's a woman I, um, follow who's a real like expert. I'm actually going to do an IG live with her because I am so obsessed with, you know, I do it this way, but I'm like, please tell me like, should I, do something a little different. You want to press gently and use the side of it and do the little wiggle to activate the lymph. And I'm like pushing my skin off. Yeah, no, gently. <laughs> it's more just like a gliding and rubbing. 
last okay. of a grass. A grass. After you have like a serum or a moisturizer or oil on top. You want an oil. You want to make sure your face is clean, very, very clean, because it can break you out if your skin is not clean and you have some bacteria on the surface because you're kind of opening everything up. Um, yeah. So cleanse, tone, oil, and then, and I, I do like, I get the decollete, my neck and face. You do that when your legs are in the air? Actually, sometimes a thousand percent I do, or I'll do, I'll go downstairs now that Dylan lives with me and we'll go through emails and I'm like, gua sha in my face. <laughs> yeah, sure. When I was FaceTiming with my dad and he's so used to be using a jade roller, he's like, what is this? <laughs> this is my new best friend. <laughs> it really is, you guys, like swear by it. Um, so... You guys are both so inspirational and just your energy, just even right now on the spiritual book tour, it's so happy and so calming. And honestly, it makes, I feel like it instills confidence in so many people. So Rach, you know, let's start with you with this. And also Melissa, I want to hear what are like the two to three main things you attribute to being in this place in your life? And this, like I said, it's just, you guys radiate happiness. Like, what do you, what are the few main things you attribute to getting to this place? I mean, I definitely don't think I radiate only happiness. I'm so happy that other, I actually am a believer in feeling like every single one of your emotions. So when I'm sad, like I'm bawling, like very, like I'm heaving, I'm crying so hard. Like I'm, when I'm pissed off and I'm angry, I'm screaming, I'm like lashing out. Like I'm someone who wears their emotions on their sleeve and I actually think that that makes me happier when I like feel happier because I am so aware of how I'm internally a feeling and processing things. And I just, especially going through all of this, it's making me find the joy and the happiness in little things and also not getting so pissed off about things that I can't control. And I think just feeling, feeling your emotions just allows you to see the good when it's good and allows you to see the bad when it's bad. And I'm not someone who like hides when their emotions like that. So I think that that really helps radiate like happiness and positivity when I can. I love that. Oh my God. It makes such a difference, especially like in the beginning of this, I was like, why am I feeling like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling like empty or sad when I'm so lucky. Like I'm, I'm in a beautiful home. We have a backyard. Like how dare I? And then I was like, stop that. Like circumstances don't have to define how you're feeling on the inside. So like I allowed myself to feel that way. And it's so, it's like lifts this weight from you. You know, for myself, it, it really goes back to the pillars that really built my business without ever like really strategically thinking I was building a business, right? It was, for me, it's, it's daily meditation of some sort. Like today, my meditation was listening to a guided meditation on my way to the grocery store. I went by myself and just listened to a meditation. Like when I got there, I had five minutes left and I just sat in the car and really gave myself that space. And I think I easily could have not done that and just listened to music or gone right to my podcast, um, which I ended up doing in the grocery store. But you know, it's like making my spiritual practice a priority in my life has made me so much more centered as a person. And I feel like the magnitude to be able to deal with the load that I deal with every day. It's like, I can, I handle it with so much more ease. Like, yes, I get upset. Yes. I get, you know, impatient, but 
it's so different on the days that I meditate. And I, I want to be where I am in my life. I wouldn't have the family that I have, the business that I have, the, the just literally everything, if it wasn't for my commitment to my meditation practice, um, it has changed me. I mean, transform me as a person. So that's something that, you know, I come back to day in and day out. And it's the same with movement. They're, they're really intertwined for me. It's, it's doing something, something, even if it's like running outside with B or in the city, if I'm just like, if I walk a lot that day, it's getting my body moving, my chi, the energy flowing, like let really activating that vibration to raise it higher. And that's really why I started sharing my workouts because I was getting this high from doing them. And it was 20 minutes a day. It was so different from anything I'd ever done before. And it's just, it's what keeps making me come back. And then just the last one is mindful eating, just being really mindful about what I'm putting in my body and paying attention to the response. So like how, how my body responds to it after, which is why it was like breaking out. I'm like, why am I breaking out? Well, I ate ramen three nights in a row at 10 PM. That could be it. You know, like just like tapping in, um, in a deeper sense. No, I love that. I, cause like Lisa knows every morning when we talk, Lisa and I talk on the phone every morning at 8 30 and I'm always outside walking at that time because I need, if it's outside for 15 minutes or it's outside for 30 minutes, I have to move my body in some way and just like get some type of like, that's like, to me, it's like almost like a meditation. So there's sometimes when I don't listen to a podcast, I don't look at my phone I don't talk to anyone. I just walk and that feels so good. Yeah. It definitely makes like your head feel so much And lately I've actually been doing one of the flows when Ezra's like playing like in his room on his play mat. The 10 minute plank one is my favorite. Um, Because I feel like even if I don't do anything else the rest of the day, I did something for 10 minutes and that's glorious. And it's killer, right? Like you you think 10 minutes is like, you're like, I don't have enough time. And then you're like actually dying. Well, I texted you after the 15 minute ad video. (laughs) My heart is like, this is okay. That one's hard. We have one more quick question um, before we open it up for a couple questions from all the guests here today. And I just like to close this out. I'm going to do it with all three guests we have today. Rachel, what is one thing that inspires you that you've learned from, you know, how does Melissa inspire you? And then after Rachel's done with that, Melissa, how does Rachel inspire you? Yes, there's so many ways. Um, okay. Top three. It's inspiring to me how, like I was saying this earlier, how generous Melissa is and wanting to like help others and like be there and like be supportive for other people. I think especially within this space, like it's not that common and she's always trying to do what she can like to help support you and like help you grow. Like like, it meant so much to me. We did like the workout video at her apartment. We did the recipe video and then she didn't like hesitate to come on this. She could have been like that pain in the ass is asking like again to do something. No way. That's like so beautiful. It's like, that's the only way you're going to like grow too. And you have to like, you know, trust, like find a good group around you in this space and trust them and like help each other grow. And I think that's super important. So I love her generosity. The, your like maternal nature is like so inspiring to me. You're a mom of two. Your business is like thriving right now in the most amazing and beautiful and perfect way. And that's inspiring to everyone. Like you're finding like the lemonade out of this, like this, these like sour lemons that we were all just gifted. And I think that's super inspiring. And then the last one I added in my head, um, your mindfulness. And just like, to me that, cause you're every, I remember when I came into the WeWork and 
RIP, we work. And I walked in there and so stressed. And you were just like coming out with your oils everywhere. And you were just like so calm. And I'm like, I need that. Like, I love that, like mindful and just like calm nature. Thank you, Rachel. That's so freaking sweet. Oh my God. Where do I begin? Like Rachel just has that thing where you can't not fall in love with you. Like you just have this like simplicity of being without trying to be anything like you are who you are. And I think if there's anything that what I'm attracted to in this space and like, you know, this social media world that we live in is, is really seeing someone through the lens and then meeting them in person. And you're like, you are exactly who you are. And it's so beautiful. And you're so raw. And uh, you know, when we we were doing the podcast and she came to my then office, I know she came to my office oh, and I was like, oh, do we have like, do we have mics? Do we have, or do we have head? And she was like, no, I'm scrappy. <laughs> She's like, no, no, we're just like doing this thing in here. And I, I love, that's me at my core. Like I'm, you're so down to earth and like, you don't, there's no like production behind it. It's just, it's the simple, the simplicity of being, which I, I love that, you know? And like, I think if, if anyone ever meets me in person, I, I hope that they feel like there's literally no difference from like who I am to be, you know, on, um, behind Melissa Wood Health and then, and then in person. And it's, it's, you're exactly, you radiate the same but it's so, I think we need more of you. Like we need more people who like unapologetically themselves. And it's like, it's so freaking refreshing. I could eat you. I love you. You're me. You're just like, you're the real deal. I miss you and Dylan so much. I know. I miss you. One day. <laughs> that was so beautifully put by both of you. And Melissa, knowing Rachel very well, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said. Um, She's the simplest and she is who she is. It's wonderful. And you are also so inspirational. So we have just a couple, about 10 minutes, maybe a little bit less to get a question or two in. So I believe our tech support is going to bring on a couple of questions. Hi, I'm big fans of both of you guys. Um, Rachel, I just want to know what inspired um, your cookbook. My cookbook, um, you know, I felt like it was time to innovate in a different space that wasn't digital and wasn't something that had someone looking at a screen. And especially with food, there's so much potential to get lost in the kitchen and have fun with it. And I love that the book was something that could allow allow my readers to do that. Amazing. There's another one. Hi, I love you guys so much. Um, but this question specifically for Melissa. So just wondering what all your meditation I have, like I um, subscribe to your workouts. How did you get into that? I just find like when I'm like sitting in bed, for example, I'm like, um, is this really working? It sounds like might sound sort of weird, but yeah, just how you got started and how it actually started to help you. Such a great question. And how long have you been meditating? <sighs> to be honest, I've tried like three times. Okay. And That's fair. I kind of like give up because I'm like, really, is this doing anything? But Great. I've heard from so many people that it works. So, okay. So it, you know, it's really just like, like working out, right? If you work out once every three weeks, are you really going to notice an impact, right? Where 
this is more in like something you may not visibly notice right in the beginning, but more in like the subconscious sense. So when I started meditating because I had horrible cystic acne, I was covered in cystic acne all over my face, my neck and my back. And I was so riddled with anxiety that I first of all, couldn't function day to day because all I focused on was my skin. And I knew after going on Accutane and seeing every doctor taking every prescription, using every topical, that there had to be another way. So I just literally was like gut guided to this meditation center in New York. I went to the, I think it was a New York, I mean, it's transcendental meditation. And I did a weekend workshop where I really learned how to meditate and it changed everything for me. Now, granted, that was like meditating 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes late in the afternoon, once a day, which is really aggressive for me right now. So I've really kind of, you know, made it into my own thing where it's all about the consistency of your practice, you know, like consistency with anything, right? Like consistency with working out or consistency with using a gua sha, you're not going to notice an impact with anything if you don't stay consistent with it. So I would be less judgmental with yourself and your practice and just, just be just like, whether you feel it was a good one or a bad one, don't judge your practice, just keep showing up. And you're going to have these moments where you're like, I can't believe how I handled that situation. And then you'll start to really understand the days that you meditate, you probably are less reactive. It's just, you're not fully tapped in, but just keep doing it because, um, I can't tell you the amount of times I've literally said like, thank God I meditated today. Cause I would have ripped that person's head off. <laughs> I love that. That's even inspiring for me because I don't meditate and I don't do a very good job at that. So I have to just keep trying. Yeah. Just keep trying and like find your thing. Like there's so many ways, right? So what feels good for you and works for your life. So we're going to do one more question um, from Laura S. Hey guys. First of all, I just want to say I admire the three of you so much. Rachel, I've been following you for a couple of years now, your whole journey, especially with Ezra and everything. I just, I love so much. And through your podcast, I actually um, discovered Melissa and Melissa, your story, uh, especially struggling with your skin resonated with me so much. I don't know if my camera's on, but you can probably see um, I struggle with my skin, but um, I just want to know what are the first steps I can take right now? Because I actually am trying to transition to plant-based and I think it's helping a lot, but I guess kind of what are the first steps I can take to kind of figure out what's going on? I like, like you said, I've tried everything. Um, So yeah, we just love your help there. Okay, sure. So the first thing is to be really nice to yourself and to be really kind to yourself. And it's really hard to do when you're broken out and you look at yourself and all you do is draw attention to the things that need to be fixed, right? So when you, even looking in the mirror and saying like, oh God, like I'm so broken out this, like that energy transfers to your entire being. And it moves through everything that you do. Like, I mean, I, I look back on when I was, when I had really bad acne and like my life was in a bit of a place because I was like picking apart everything. So one, like I read Louise Hayes, how to heal your, how to heal your life. Yes. How to heal your life. 
Okay. Well, get that book and put the post-it note on your mirror. And you're going to say to yourself every single day, I love and accept myself exactly the way I am and meditate, meditate. I love that. I'm like a firm believer in the post-it notes on your mirror when you wake up in the morning. I mean, I'm like, don't be me. You know, it's just like a reminder. Like we're always looking at all of the things that need to be fixed. And it's like walking around literally saying you're not good enough all day. So. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. I love you. Can I say goodbye on Instagram? This was amazing. (laughs) I love you. That was my first virtual, um, at like panel. This was awesome. It's so amazing. Thank Thank you so much, Melissa. You're so wonderful. Thank you. Bye you guys. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Thank you. I love you. I love you guys. Bye. Have a beautiful rest of your panel. Bye. Okay. Alex. Hello. Sorry. I like popped in early. I didn't know what I was doing with all this (laughs) virtual stuff. So I'll be the girl that just makes things awkward. awkward at all i'm so excited to have you here at first i was like is that alex i, I was nervous that it was like a kink going on but then my own i saw your name i actually felt better so thank you yeah. <laughs> i'm so excited to have you and chat with you on here well today. i'm excited to celebrate your book finally thanks i'm like i'm so sad you didn't get to have your book tour but one day it will happen no we haven't pulled the plug yet i'm like nash but no sorry um Austin and Chicago. And I'm like in denial. Like I want to go so badly. We'll Um, just keep rescheduling it until it happens. No plug will be pulled. (laughs) I'm thinking. Um, so Alex, you, this is, you haven't met Lisa from Garden of Life. I'm assuming. correct? No, I have not. Lisa is a huge fan of you and your recipe. She has your book. She has done a whole 30, I believe. Oh yeah. She debuted. (laughs) I love it. He makes a lot of your recipes because Lisa, fun fact, is one of my best friends in real life. We talk every day. She happens to work for Garden of Life. Um, and we always talk about like what we're making for dinner and stuff. And she makes a lot of your recipes a lot. So I did. Know. Love um, it. fan. <laughs> Thank you. You're in the next step of the panel. Amazing. So we're just going to ask a few questions, Alex and Rachel. You guys are um, going to answer just a couple and then we'll open it up with Q&A like we did with Melissa. So first of all, congratulations to both of you on amazing, amazing cookbooks. I am literally, Rachel said it, huge, obviously a huge fan of Rachel, one of my best friends and a huge fan of The Defined Dish. So I just kind of wanted to ask a general question to both of you and we can start with you, Alex. How has publishing a cookbook changed your life? Oh my goodness. Um, It has definitely been a huge game changer for me as far as just so many aspects of my life. But I feel like just as far as professionally goes, um, it has really given me a lot of confidence. It's also been a very vulnerable thing, like the biggest, like most vulnerable thing I've ever done in my life and really scary. But um, it's made me a lot better at running my business more efficiently. It's made me, whereas the blog was more informal and having that formality of a book and having the recipes written um, more specific and more to the point and making sure there was no error ever because you can't go back in and, you know, make the edit. (laughs) Um, Just having that experience and learning from an editor and having someone kind of overseeing everything that I do and writing my recipes really helped, I think, make my recipes on my blog a lot better over the last couple of years because if you think about when I actually wrote the recipes for the book, it's been quite some time. So from that perspective, um, that's been really big, just 
for my everyday business and writing recipes, but also, um, you know, just the experience and to see how my community has really um, gathered around me throughout this time and like really supported me and lifted me up and celebrated my book with me. And to be able to do that with them, um, with something like a book has been the most rewarding experience ever, other than like giving birth to my child. It's, it was like giving birth to a third child. So it's really been um, really good for the soul. I'm really happy about it and proud of it. And I'm ready to do another one, honestly. <laughs> Yay! Um, well, I couldn't agree more with everything that Alex had said. And like I was saying earlier with Melissa, it's really cool to have something that is not digital and it's something that like you can hold and that's like tangible. Um, and I think it's special to kind of go into someone's kitchen in a different way and like, you know, having their book, your, your book on display in their kitchen and like having them, like, I love seeing the post-it notes of like the recipes that have been tabbed and, and marked. And it's also, I mean, this could sound like a little, like, I don't want to say superficial, but off, but it almost gave me like a sense of validation because when you're blogging, like you put yourself out there and you make recipes and you hope people want them. And then when you have a book, I was just kind of like, wow, like someone like me with no culinary experience has a book. I think that's just an awesome message to put out there that you don't need to be this like professional, perfect, anything to, to do, to do something like this. And I think that that was like one of my favorite parts of writing it is just that you don't need to like go to culinary school and be a professional too, or a nutritionist to be able to write a book. And I think that was really cool. I love that. Amazing insight into the book life, the author life. So I know Alex, your platform um, and your book, they're Whole30 endorsed, which is amazing. And Rachel, of course, you make better for you sweet treats, which I have literally dessert every night. That's a Rachel Mansfield recipe. So but with all, there's a lot of diet trends, labels, Whole30, keto, intermittent fasting, gluten-free, you know, all the things. What is your outlook and approach to these diets and trends and labels? And also not only for yourself, but for your families and your children. For me personally, I like to say I live a labelist lifestyle, which I do recognize is a way of labeling myself saying that it's labelist, but I eat gluten, I eat dairy, I eat grains, I'll eat refined sugar. I just really focus on eating the things that make me feel good. Um, and a lot of that time, it does happen to be things that are gluten-free and grain-free in some ways and don't have like a lot of dairy in them. I'm like an equal opportunist in the sense where if something sounds good, I'm going to eat it. For example, I love having like sprouted whole wheat bagels, but I also love having paleo bagels. Like I I love dabbling in a little bit of everything. I'm sure there's days that I eat entirely plant-based and don't realize it. And then there's the day after that I'm the one having like bacon with eggs and avocado and having a burger for dinner. Like there's just every day for me is very different. And I think that's how, and that's also how Jordan is too. Like he's actually done a whole 30 before when he wanted to like reset his stomach a little bit a few years ago and he loved it. And he's a super intuitive eater and really tries and loves everything. And I think that's also been great for me to have in my life. And same thing with Ezra, like he eats whatever we're eating. So I would label us as a equal opportunist, label us family when it comes to food. If it sounds good, we'll eat it. Definitely have an emphasis on organic and non-GMO and quality food. But that's really only something that we look into when it's like in our control. Like when we go out for dinner or used to go out for dinner, or when we 
would go somewhere for else for dinner or a barbecue, something, and we don't have the control over that. You just eat it and you move on. But in our own home, I like to know like where everything's coming from and make sure it's the best quality. You know, I think for me, because I really did whole 30 did have a huge impact on my life. And at the time, whenever I did my first whole 30, I was in a place where I was really struggling with anxiety for the first time. It was postpartum and I still eat everything and I don't eat whole 30, 365 days a year. But I do think that the regimen of whole 30 did help really change my perspective with food. So while I think it's, you know, I do think that labeling has a very negative connotation to it. I also think that there are some times and places where it it can be really beneficial for people. And when they're really struggling with um, whatever they may be struggling with, whether it's an autoimmune disorder or anxiety, or just wanting to just kind of really shift their relationship with food, um, something like the Whole30 can be really beneficial. So for me, it really did help me grasp that I needed to read my labels and be more cognizant of the things that I was consuming and just be a better consumer and know, you know, maybe I do decide to eat the boxed can of Oreos and that's my choice. But at least I know that flipping that label over, I know what's in it. And I just made that decision. I know that it's really hard for people though. Um, I see this so often with my page that people have a hard time with the gray area at the that life after whole 30 which i feel like for me it's it comes pretty natural i feel like i have a great relationship with food and i can eat all the things all the time and not um, ever get down on myself but i really do um, try to encourage uh, my community that there's that gray area that you have to get comfortable with and having that black and white lifestyle is just not realistic and to try to let go of that. And that's why in the beginning of my book, even though it's Whole30 endorsed, I did put that chapter, um, Nourish Not Punish, to like really remind people before they open the book that this isn't just about, you know, whipping the leash out and, you know, making sure that you're chained to this like certain diet. It's about, you know, eating clean, but also eating these comfort foods as well. And when you do splurge and go on trips and have fun weekends or you know, are in quarantine and just eating all the carbs, it's okay. And you shouldn't kick yourself about it. But like I said, the whole 30 really did change my perception with um, how I did consume food and how I grocery shop and look at things. So I do think that um, it's, it's great for a lot of people, but not for everyone. (laughs) And what about with, I believe you have two daughters um, approach to food with, with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for me, I like to give them portions of my food, but I never really restrict their diets, um, at all. And I also think it's really important as a woman, cause my mom did a great job with me with this, but just to not have that sunk in their head that like, these are bad foods, you don't eat them. And these are good foods, you eat them. So I kind of, um, have this concept with them where I call it sometimes foods and always foods. And they know that always foods involves vegetables, fruits, and proteins, and starches, and grains. Um, And then the sometimes foods involve um, all the other things that they want to eat all the time. (laughs) Um, And so we kind of have that rule so that we kind of have a healthier relationship with food as they get older and um, just because they're young girls. But I feel like the way I serve them is I just give them a portion of it. If I'm making a salad, I'll give them the protein on top and kind of deconstruct the vegetables because they're not going to eat lettuce with like dressing on it. <laughs> they just don't do that. And then I'll give them like some steamed rice or something really simple on the side of that. So 
more or less, that's my philosophy. I could dig deeper, but that's the brief. I love that sometimes and always. That is so interesting. So of course you guys have, this is something I'm really, really interested in. Even being Rachel's, honestly, one of my best friends. I don't know where do you get the inspiration for all these recipes you guys do? I mean, you have hundreds in your book. You have new stuff on your blogs all the time. Like where do you pull inspiration from? Um, Al, do you want to go first? Or do you want me? I was waiting for you because I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, for me, for my recipes, I like to take like the comforty classic type foods and almost like healthify them a bit. Like I'm never someone who's like reinventing the wheel. So for example, last week I shared magic cookie bars and I had those at my college. Like I want the creator of magic cookie bars. I just put my own twist on them and made them with like quote healthier ingredients and not as much sugar. And same thing with like the pop tarts in my book and graham crackers. Like I, I personally crave those types of foods, but I don't want to like, I would prefer making my own so that I can, so they could be my always foods maybe, but I love taking things that like are more nostalgic and things that like we're actually craving and making them. And a lot of the time that's where it comes from. So it's either things that we're craving and things that like, we just like want to make. And if it turns out good, I'll either make it again and shoot it as a recipe or like whatnot. And then just taking those comfort foods and putting my own spin on that. Like the girl, the four Girl Scout cookie recipes that I have on my blog are right now the four most popular recipes. And that's because who doesn't love Girl Scout cookies? Like, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to like eat thin mints one day if like I have a daughter and she brings them home. But if I want to eat those pretty frequently, I love making my own and putting my own spin on it. So I like having those like comfort foods. For sure. I feel like I'm similar. I like to, you know, recreate the things that I grew up eating, like chicken fried steak is a favorite here in the South. And that's one of the recipes in my book off the top of my head and being able to take those kind of comfort foods, but I'm more of the, on the savory side of things. Rachel and I always laugh about that. So I really like to, you know, recreate things that I grew up eating and put a more modern twist on it and really kind of focus on better for you ingredients or just ingredients that I like to eat in my kitchen. Um, plus I get really inspired by restaurants. I feel like a lot of my recipes, when you read, if you read the portion of the blog that nobody reads, <laughs> you know, I think it's the most important part of the blog post because it really tells the story behind where I got that inspiration from. I always like to give credit where credit is due. I uh, really get inspired by restaurants. You know, like recently I went to Austin. I had a great salad. It's now on my dinner table four nights a week because I know I can't have it all the time. I don't live in Austin and it was an absolute delicious salad. So um, that's just one example. I really feel like restaurants inspire me and travel probably the most. And then of course my community is always giving me recipe requests when they see me. recreate something comforting they'll want something that they grew up that's comforting to them and sometimes I know what it is and I've had it before and sometimes I've never heard of it before and I'm like I'm probably not your girl for that unless you can tell me how you made it then I can try to figure out how to recreate it that's actually the point that's one of my like favorite ways to get ideas is when someone has like a request or even if it's like making a recipe that I already have but using a different flour or a different sugar like a way to like make it allergy friendly for them I love them. Like people send requests for that. It makes it also makes not our job easier, but it you know we produce content for people to enjoy and bring into their homes. So if like you know what people want to bring into their homes, it makes our jobs even easier. 
Also, that top part of the blog sometimes has like really good tips for the recipes. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I have like, so in all my recipes in the book, I know you did the same thing, Rachel, where you write your blurb and I get a little chatty and I've had some, <laughs> I've read some of the reviews on Amazon, some of the not so nice reviews. And they're like, God, she talks so much on all of her recipes. I'm like, hey, don't read it then. <laughs> That. So we have one more question before we open it up to questions from the guests here. This is my favorite question. We'll start with Rachel and then we'll, we'll go to Alex. So Rachel, how does Alex or what about Alex inspires you? And then after that, we'll have Alex do the same. What inspires you about Rachel? For sure. The way that she is, I don't quote, believe in the term, quote, balance. Like, I don't think that there's ever going to be a perfect balance of anything in life. But when I'm looking at Alex's stories and talking to her, I just feel like you have such a good grasp on motherhood and your business at the same time. And you have two beautiful young daughters who probably love having their mommy's attention. And I can, like, your business has grown so much in the last year, which has been the most beautiful thing to watch grow. And you're doing that while raising two beautiful young children, which is just beyond inspiring to me because I can't imagine like taking a business to the next level while also having children to care for. I mean, I'm trying to do it, but it's, it's not easy. And I think that's super, it's so inspiring. And it also shows that you also started your business, which we spoke about this in my podcast episode, actually, with you, that you started your business and your blog after you became a mom. So it's never too late to find your like niche and like what you're passionate about. And I think that's so inspiring to me and to, to many people. Thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> um, I have been following Rachel since I have like started my blog and she's always been extremely inspiring to me. And I feel like there's not many people that you've followed for years and years and years that they still pop up on your content all the time because you're still engaging with it. And Rachel's always been one of those people for me because Aside from now, just knowing her as a person, just she always radiates positivity. She always tries to look for the sunshine in all situations. And she brings that to her community, which is really refreshing. And um, kind of like she said, just seeing her with her family and knowing that value that she has there as well is something that I relate to. And I feel like when you relate to somebody, that's what draws you to them. And um, that relatability that I have with her there is what really draws me to her. Plus, after I met her in person, it just sealed the deal because she's exactly like you would think and just a beautiful soul and a wonderful person. And I'm just glad that we're friends now. Yay, and I'm happy I was able to see you in... <laughs> right before the storm, yes. <laughs> I love that. So many good vibes here. Um, so we're really excited to take some questions from you guys for Alex and Rachel. If you guys click the raise your hand option at the bottom of your screen. Our tech guy will help us out, um, bring you up on here. And don't forget to unmute yourself so we can hear you. Monique. Hi, how are you guys? Um, just want to say I'm huge fans of both years. I'm new to the whole like clean eating. I recently got diagnosed with autoimmune disease and I have bad anxiety. So it's really been life-changing. Um, Rachel, I actually have your coconut sweet potato fries in the oven right now. So, um, I guess my question is like, how do you guys stay motivated to cook when you've had a long day and all you want to do is like order takeout or like pop a frozen meal in the freeze in the oven? Um, so I guess it's more about like motivation and stuff like that. 
Um, I can say for us, like we, that's the main reason why we food prep because we're never, I've never been the type of person who wants to cook a meal at the end of every day. And I'm just as tired as anyone else. And it has to be like right now it's like six o'clock here and I already have food prep that we did on Sunday. So I know after this, I can just kind of take that out and concoct a dish of sorts. And that's, I talk a lot about food prep in the first part of my book and how we do it. And we'll prep like a couple proteins and a couple meats and we have that on hand, but for the times we don't have it on hand, it's usually just having something quick and easy like eggs or whatever. But if takeout's the answer, it's usually that's just what we're going to do. And we'll do that Fridays and Saturdays. It's okay to be tired and like cheat a little bit. And I don't mean cheat as in food wise, but cheat as in like you don't have to only cook. Like you can go out and like buy food. And I also get a lot of the frozer freezer stuff from Trader Joe's that's like actually made with pretty good ingredients from their organic part. So I would say food prep for sure. But then also I, we do do a lot of takeout and freezer stuff when we can. Yeah. I'm not as good of a meal prepper. I'd say I'm kind of fly by the seat of my pants. And there's some days that I don't feel like cooking and I don't have anything. And in that case, I'll either rely on a freezer based kind of pantry meal, just, you know, throw some things together. That's really simple and straightforward, or we'll order takeout or we'll go out to eat in better times. So I think it's okay to go out to eat whenever you aren't feeling motivated. I have my go-to spots that I love to eat. And then of course my kids love pizza and we just know that that's usually part of our, um, our week. And it's usually closer to the weekends whenever we're just when you clock out. So Friday, we have like no food left in the fridge. Like the fridge. (laughs) Hi. I don't think you guys can see me, but I also, Lisa, I have both their cookbooks sitting here too. Um, but it's so great to be here and thanks Rachel for putting this on. Um, I know that you're both, and, and Rachel, you mentioned this, you both don't have like culinary backgrounds. And so it'd be great to hear like any tips or tricks you have for those of us that are also very beginner level cooks and bakers of, um, any, you know, tips and tricks for those of us that are kind of just getting started. And, um, especially in quarantine, doing a lot more cooking at home. Uh, I'd say, you know, really just start simple and go with kind of your cravings. And now's the time to really experiment in the kitchen and really, you know, trust your intuition and Sometimes your intuition will lead to not the best meal, but that's the only way to really learn and get more comfortable in the kitchen. So I know for me, whenever I was really learning to cook on my own without my mom kind of in the kitchen with me was in college and I would love just picking up the phone and calling her. So just having that friend or family member on speed dial when you're in the kitchen and you're like, does this spice really go with this meal? Just to be able to ask that person and kind of bounce those ideas off of them is a great time or just following um, recipes right now. You know, we all have really simple, straightforward recipes that you can go for. Look for the word easy in the title and um, kind of start from there. This would be my recommendation. I definitely agree with those two. Um, And my only other suggestion that I have that it's not exactly right now, but when I first started cooking, I used to go to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and the grocery or whatever grocery store is nearby. And I would just get kind of lost in the store and take my time and find new ingredients and things that would excite me. And like, that's how I found different flowers in the beginning. Um, just by like literally standing in the baking section, like looking for other options. And I think having fun with it and just kind of experimenting a bit, it'll lead to a lot of disgusting things, but in the end, like you'll also learn from those and that'll eventually lead to a lot of delicious things. 
So just kind of exploring new things and see what excites you. Looks like we got one from Nikki. I'm a huge fan of both of you. Thank you so much for putting this together. Um, so I know you guys are both kind of more on the recipe side, but um, what do you think is a good way to enter into the health and wellness world? I'm really interested and I kind of haven't found my specific niche, but I just kind of want to know what do you think is a good way to enter and how to start a career or just continue to be engaged in the community? I think from um, me personally, I started, when I started my food blog, it didn't really look like what it looks like now. I think it takes time and it takes a little bit of, a lot of bit of vulnerability to really find your voice and feel comfortable with it. But I think just getting started somewhere, and I know that's such a stupid, you're not going to like that answer, but it's really the best answer to just really just put yourself out there and start sharing and just kind of testing the waters and seeing how people respond. And I think the other thing that I was really intimidated by when I first started my page was like my family and friends and them watching me and having their feedback. And a lot of it was negative, a bunch of (laughs) a-holes. Not really. I had like my positive family members that had some good things to say, but I had some people poke fun at me when I was trying to start because I didn't know how to take pictures of food. I didn't know what I was doing and it wasn't great. And it was like, oh, another girl trying to become a blogger. And I think it's just really focusing on not trying to impress them and trying to build your own community and really put the things out there that you want to do and finding your voice as you go. And that's a good answer. Finding, you know, you don't have to know what you're exactly passionate about for like the be all end all right now. Like you can dabble in a few different things and see what excites you the most, but you're only going to know if you put yourself out there and see what happens. Um, I think that's the most important thing that you can do. And I also, I'm a huge like person who likes to talk to other people about things. So when I actually was first thinking about starting an Instagram account, I was friendly. Um, still, she's one of my best friends is Jordan Younger from the Balance Blonde. And I had called her before I had my Instagram. And I was like, Jordan, I really want to start an Instagram account. I want to get involved in the space somehow. And she really motivated me to do it and like cheered for me. And I think finding someone who can like be your like go-to and someone to like cheer you on is really great because you'll have that sense of like comfort. Um, but the same thing Alex said, like a lot of people made fun of me for what I was doing. So it was kind of just tuning out the haters and focusing on like a couple of people that were supporting me. And that was also when f- taking pictures of your food was like, not quote cool. Like I was the weirdo, like going like this, you know? So just put yourself out there and see what happens. And you'll definitely find what you're passionate about. There's so many things to be passionate about in the space, which is why I love it so much. Awesome. Well, Alex, thank you so much for celebrating. We'll thank you so happy. much, Alex. Bye, yes. Alex. Bye. Monique, hello, my mom. Hi. How are you? So good. Um, Sydney's currently eating sweet potatoes for the first time mixed with my breast milk. So my husband's handling that. And I'm just hoping he's not shoving the entire spoon down his mouth. He's going to have so much fun with food when we started eating as <gasps> You're going to have so much fun with that. It's going to be so exciting, especially watching. I can't wait. When he eventually like, eats your recipe recipes, like you are going to have such a sense of pride that like he enjoys it. It was always cool that Jordan liked him. I'm like, no, Ezra like loves this. It's like makes it even better. I um, love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know that the transition to motherhood is, it's a transition. It's not, it's not the easiest in your Truly right now so thank you so much for being here of course
that I want to introduce you to Monique. Do you guys know each other already or no? Um, we like we've chatted a bit. I think you've chatted with Abra a little bit. Yeah. Our manager. Um, but yeah, yeah. huge no, Garden of Life fan. Yeah. And we're a big fan of you. So it's wonderful to like really meet you here. So I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thanks. Super excited. I'm just going to have a couple questions for you guys, for you and Rach. Uh, and then we're going to open it up for questions to the audience here. So we'll get started. Awesome. So congratulations, by the way, on your new baby. Um, really exciting time. And of course, Rachel with Ezra, her sweet Ezra. So you guys are both newish moms. Um, and I think this question or this word can be confusing or I don't even know if it means anything at this point, but can you talk about what the word balance means to you and how has that meaning changed now that you guys have started families? You like, I think I don't, I don't remember it was with Alex or Melissa that these with Melissa, I don't believe in the word balance. And now that I have Ezra, I really don't believe in the word balance because there's some days that I'm going to focus way too much on work and I'm not going to focus enough on him. And at first that would really hurt me when I would do that. And then now I just have learned to accept that. And there's certain days I'm going to focus way too much on Ezra and not do enough for my business. And just to know that there's going to be days that are one or the other, like for example, right now, like my time with Ezra every day, that's just him and I one-on-one is 5.30 to 7.30. And I'm sacrificing that like that time right now to be doing this, which fulfills my heart in like so many different ways because I'm with him seven days a week usually. But, you know, I have that sense of guilt, like, oh my God, it's it's like almost his dinner time. Like I'm not there to feed it to him. Like you're always going to have those types of feelings. But I think just recognizing that then there's going to be other days that you feel more of one side. So just knowing that there's no such thing as the perfect balance. At least I don't think that there is. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that you know, balance is like, it's life, right? It's just the choices that we're making every single day. And sometimes you have to choose work or other priorities in order to make time for family, to make things work at home. So it's all just the way the pieces fall in the puzzle. And I'm learning that so much, um, you know, becoming a mom and I've been an entrepreneur for a really long time. And so it was really difficult for me to go from having a huge sense of independence doing whatever I wanted when I wanted, you know, I am my own boss and have been for like five plus years. And so it's just, it's interesting and it's certainly a transition, but I think that this whole quarantine thing and the coronavirus has really allowed me to kind of feel more relaxed in a way, Um, you know, because I am home all the time. I don't have a choice. And so I'm, I'm trying to just take it day by day. And I think we all are, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting balances. <laughs> it's different when you have kids. That's for sure. It's harder than I thought. It's way harder than I thought it would be, but I'm figuring it out. You will. It's still hard. It gets easier, but it's still hard. It's hard in a different way than, than it was. Yeah. And, and not to say that it's not, I mean, it's incredible in so many ways, but it's just like, it's so much more than what I expected it to be. So yeah, that's where I'm at. So kind of building off of that, what are like the two or three biggest adjustments both of you have had to make since having your baby boys? Um, Rach, we can start with you. Adjustments? Um, there are many adjustments. <laughs> not having the autonomy to do 
what I want when I want. I can't even tell you the last time I pooped by myself. I, <laughs> you, it's a, just a different way of living. Um, everything changes and it took me a really long time to be okay with that. Um, and now it's like, when Ezra's like, not I'm like, where are you? Like, where have you been? Like now I like create those moments with him, but it's, it's hard. It's definitely, it's a, it's a huge adjustment. I mean, you're also are coming out of pregnancy and postpartum and your hormones are all over the place and you don't know what you're, what's going on and how you feel one day I would be feeling amazing. The next day I'd be feeling horrible and then it would be amazing and then horrible and then amazing and then horrible. And then eventually just kind of evened out. And then now that it's, I feel a little bit better. Everything just feels a little bit more at ease. Yeah. I think it certainly takes a while for um, just like the feelings to get back to normal. But I think the biggest adjustment, at least for me so far, has been like lack of sleep. Sydney's just starting to get it. Um, I've texted Rachel a couple of times. I've been like, please help me. (laughs) Um, But he's just starting to get it. So that was like, that's always hard when you're not getting your sleep. And then on top of that, breastfeeding is like full time. It's very, very hard because you are their source of food. And if you're not breastfeeding, you're pumping and it's just a lot of work. I mean, coming out of, you know, having a baby and then having to do that and not getting sleep. Mamas are superheroes. That's all I have to say. No sleep is the hardest thing, but I promise you in a year or like less than a year, but you know what I mean? Like when I'm when you're around the same age, when Sydney's around the same age as Ezra, you're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe like when I was so stressed about him sleeping, like I promise you he will sleep. If you're oh, he's doing so much better. I can't even believe it. It's been like five days and I slept seven hours yesterday. That's amazing. I haven't done that in like months. He's a rock star. That's amazing. He is. It's so interesting to hear the little things we take for granted before you know, starting a family. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rachel will tell me in the morning when we're chatting, she'll be like, oh my God, I slept till seven. Like just so excited. So yeah, I love right. that. As are screaming at me that he wanted. <laughs> so, kind of transitioning from motherhood to back to food. Um, obviously, you guys are major foodies, have amazing recipes, and on your blog, and of course, Rachel's new cookbook, just good stuff. And both of you, you know, knowing Rachel really well, and Monique, I, I listened to a couple of podcasts and interviews with you to get to know you just a little bit more before this. And you guys both talk about eating to soothe or food as comfort. Can both of you kind of touch on that food and emotional connection just a little bit more, kind of your approach and your thoughts on that? Sure. I mean, I think, do you just mean like my feelings on like food and have it, how it's like affected me? Yeah. I think I associate food with just so much nostalgic, like nostalgic feelings. For me, it's like I grew up with a Hispanic mother who was always in the kitchen. And my dad was a baker and I just, I love the feeling that it gives me to like give someone a home cooked meal and bake something for someone because to me it's self-soothing, like it's soothing for myself and comforting that I'm able to do that, but it also is like an act of love. And so I think for me that that is my greatest like source of affection that I can give people. It's constantly why I'm like baking treats for others. It's just like a an act of kindness, I would, I would say. So yeah, that's kind of like how I associate it, um, with comfort and yeah. 
I think there's a lot, there's no better feeling than when someone hands you like brownies or cookies that they made. Like it's like comes yeah. heart and soul, but not even just when you have a shitty day and Lisa and I talk about this all the time when you have like a really shitty day and you have a, it's crummy and nothing's working. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people who say don't eat your feelings and like, don't like, you know, there's no reason to go grab an extra cookie or have pizza that day. But I'm a firm believer of like when you're feeling shitty, like sometimes when I'm having those types of foods after, like I actually feel better. Like I, I love baking a fresh batch of cookies and enjoying them after that fuels my soul. It fuels my heart and yeah. like satisfied. And I'm, you know, it's just, there's no better feeling to know than like you put all this like passion and love into this recipe and then you taste it and it tastes so good. And it's just like a different feeling. So I think it's okay to put your emotions with food as long as you can handle it. And like, if yeah. I am someone who like finds comfort in food, I mean, that's why people, especially during this time, they are doing a lot of baking. I've never seen more people baking from my site than I have in a quarantine. I can't believe it. It's crazy. We are talking about that like I mean, a while ago. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, and I totally agree with you. I think like food can absolutely be a source of nourishment and also a source of pleasure. Like we gather around the dinner table and eat with our family big meals because it makes us happy. It's not only like fueling us, nourishing us, but it's also giving us like a sense of pleasure to be with the people that we love and happiness. So yeah, there's definitely more to food than just the nutrition. Totally. Beautifully put. I just think sometimes emotional eating gets, you know, a bad rep. And it's really great to hear just the joy that both of you guys get from it. So thank you for sharing that. And I have my one last question before we open it up to the guests here today. And we've done this with the other two guests. So Rachel, what how does Monique inspire you? And then when Rachel's done, Monique, how does Rachel inspire you? Monique is like one of the OG people with a blog. <laughs> the fact that you've been speaking with me on a Zoom call so was like funny to me because I remember when I was working at the company I worked at full time before getting fired, I had like a list of like like quote bloggers we wanted to like work with, and like she was always on like a list of people that like be like she was like oh wow like that's Monique of an ambitious kitchen. She has like a massive site. I remember it was like her, like Skinny Taze, like Gina from Skinny Taze. Like I, there's people that have been around and doing this for so long. And Monique has so much creativity and so much hustle. And she now her husband works with her in like ambitious home. And she has someone like, like an assistant or do you consider opera an assistant or a manager? Um, manager. Yeah. Like brand manager. I don't know. She's like my right hand woman. She yeah, handles like, everything. <laughs> yeah. Like you yeah. have have a team working with you and that's super inspiring to show that you started this at a very young age too that you can grow your own business and like become like super super successful in a way that's very unconventional especially five years ago but works for you like your brand is supporting your family like what is cooler than that I agree I agree it's it's uh, been an amazing journey and it's been so fun to see you grow too because I remember Oh God, this had to be like, yeah, five years ago, because it was right when I moved to Chicago. And I remember us emailing back and forth um, with the brand you used to work with about something. And then 
you like popped up on Instagram with all these healthy desserts. And I was like, who is this girl? Um, but it's been so amazing to watch the hustle and just the drive behind what is now Rachel Mansfield and your cookbook and everything. And I think what I love about your brand is that you're willing to try new things. You know, you're willing to experiment with IGTV videos, with like doing different things on Instagram, showing the videos of how you're making stuff. And I love healthy desserts. So like, obviously, you know me, like I love healthy baking just as much as you do. And so it's so nice to be able to see somebody that creates stuff and does it well, and it isn't like slapped together and you know, like you, you have trustworthy dessert recipes. So for me, it's been really fun to watch you grow. And, um, now you have a frigging cookbook. How awesome is that? And it's gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing branding. So I, I love that. Just the good stuff. I should have brought my copy. Oh, I don't have it with me. I had to go to Sydney's room and hi, I have this. That's still great. (laughs) Where we have good night moon, which I've read every single night for the last 15 Right months. here. <laughs> now everyone closes the book and puts it on the bench when we're done reading it. Crazy. So sweet. So bad. Thank you guys so much. Hi. Uh, my name's Caroline. I my husband's laughing at me because I'm asking y'all a question. Um <laughs> Um, I've been a huge fan of both of you for a little while now. And um, Rachel, congratulations on your book. I have experimenting in my dog's barking um, with your recipes. And this is kind of an odd question, but do y'all have any like hacks that you think that you might use when cooking that might not be like a widely used method? And then also, what do you think is like the most underutilized but delicious ingredient? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Do you mean like ingredient for baking or just like a pantry staple that's like very underrated? Um, luster, yeah. Um, I would say for me, oats, which sounds like it's my, the first ingredient that's, it's the, the ingredient that started my brand. My brand used to be called oats for you. Like I think oatmeal to this day yeah. is versatile ingredient. Oh my God. Yeah. My Instagram used to be called oats for you. I um, have no idea. <laughs> I love that you could take oats and like, make overnight oats. You can make warm oatmeal. You can turn it into oat flour. You could use it in an oatmeal bake cookies. Like that ingredient is gold because you can use it for so many different things. You could use the flour and make like chicken fingers. Like you can do so much with it. And I also just love that it works so similarly to like a whole wheat flour. So if anyone prefers oat flour, doesn't need gluten and needs gluten-free oat flour, it's such a gem to have. Um, so that's definitely the most like underrated ingredient that, that I have. I agree with that one. I think oats would probably be number one for me because you can substitute it pretty much the same for whole wheat flour. Um, I would also say some sneaky good ones are like quinoa flour. You can actually use that as a one-to-one sub. I recently figured that out. Ever. Would you you say, Rachel? I've never used quinoa flour. Oh, it's really good. You have to toast it first to get the bitterness, like that weird kind of like you know the scent that it gives off when you cook it it kind of has that flavor um so you toast it first but it's amazing so that's my that's one that I like what was the first question that she asked remember least cooking hat um like is there like like something you do differently that maybe isn't as widely used I think that was it I need Jordan for this one because he has all those like crafty 
hacks that he always does with everything? I have one. So when I cook pancakes, I always cook them in olive oil for crispy edges. And then definitely start the heat on medium, but then make sure you lower it to low. Otherwise you will burn your pancakes. A lot of people burn their pancakes and I'm always getting questions about that. Immediately. You got to you got to go from high and then the next batch immediately go to low because they will start to burn. Um, I have my hack. I was thinking with a lot of the gluten-free or like alternative pasta type things like to cook, I always run mine under like cold water right after when you strain the pasta into the strainer. I run it in cold water because it prevents this noodles from all sticking together. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you get a big blob and then like a drizzle of olive oil or avocado oil like really helps like them up a bit. Jordan's gonna be so good. <laughs> Samantha, hello. Hi. Um, I've been a huge fan of you guys both for a while. Rachel, I think you were like the first person I followed when I really got into like the health and wellness area. And like Monique, you're one of the first people too. And I just wanted to know, like you both have so many amazing recipes that you're always coming out with. So if you guys had to choose just like one from like Rachel, your cookbook or your blog and Monique from your blog, like what would be your favorite? This is so hard. When someone asks me to pick my favorite from my book, I can't even pick one. I'm going to say one from my book and one from my blog, which is technically technically not what you wanted, but just in case. Um, my book, definitely the gluten-free Pop-Tarts because I don't know many other gluten-free Pop-Tarts that like actually will taste and like have the consistency of a Pop-Tart, especially with like a glaze, the coconut glaze. It's just like so good. The blueberry jam inside is my favorite. On my blog, I would definitely say the chocolate chip walnut cookies. Um, we've made those like every single week during this quarantine. Um, those are definitely my favorite, favorite, favorite cookie recipe. And I love that they're super adaptable based off of like what ingredients you have on hand. You can use egg or flax egg. You can use butter. You can use oil. I like the things that are just like versatile and easy. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it changes with the seasons. My favorites, I think so for just like comfort food recipe, I love my mom's Puerto Rican rice and beans. It takes like a day to make because you have to soak the beans, but you could also soak them overnight and they are incredible. It's made with like a homemade sofrito. So, so good. Sasson, it's amazing. Like it's simple vegetarian and just so, so flavorful. So I have some really, really good cinnamon rolls they're insane. Like, I don't know what else to say that it's just, you have to make them, but it's, it takes a while, but it's such a fun, like Sunday project. So that's what I would recommend. I have to try those. They look so good. They're so good. They're so indulgent, but like, I mean, you need that in your life every once in a while, you know? Yeah. I love a good Hi guys, this is so fun. Um, Hi. I love this so much. Okay, but um, I've been such a big fan of both of y'all. I was not expecting this. I was making a grilled cheese. But I would have to say my biggest question for both of y'all, because I know, first of all, that Rachel, you love Trader Joe's. And what is y'all's favorite like go-to product from there? So I have that like IGTV haul that has like a lot of the stuff that we like from Trader Joe's. I actually just went there this morning to get a couple of things of quick things I could think of. I love the frozen organic pizzas. They're great. Um, These like, again, these frozen organic burritos. I love their vegan pesto. It's like a kale cashew pesto. It's delicious. They're everything bagel seasoning I love. I also buy their eggs because their organic eggs are a great price point. 
And I've been on like a, like a dairy based yogurt, like kick lately. Like Lisa's laughing. Cause she like knows this. I love like mm-hmm. green stuff right now. And they make like their brand, like the Trader Joe's brand organic yogurt is very good and very underrated and it's very affordable. So I like love that. I just named a lot of things I could keep going, but Monique, it's your turn. Um, okay. So Trader Joe's haven't been for a hot second. I like literally don't grocery shop anymore. I just send Tony out, which is depressing for me because I love grocery shopping. So sad. Um, but anyway, okay. The jerk plantain chips, delicious in guacamole. They're amazing. Oh my gosh. I had to try those. Oh, and they have so good. Fritos, like a corn dip chip, and it literally tastes like Fritos. The, the elote um, chips, yes, unbelievable. Those are also some of my favorites. Um, oh, I don't know what else. Haven't been to Trader Joe's in so long. I mean, Spindrift. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm in there for the chip section mostly. They have some really good salsas. They have this really good corn salsa. It's super sweet, but it's delicious. And then they have like a peach one. Yeah. There's so many things there. I love that place. Oh, and all their nut butters. I mean, all their nut butters. They're a good price point too. So good. And the almond flour is a good price point. We have time for one more question. I'm a big fan of both of you guys. Um, I recently got your book, Rachel Mann's. Rachel and I very recently started baking so I didn't and I'm not great at it my family loves to tell me that I'm not the best at baking yet (laughs) so I was wondering if you had any advice for like a first-time baker and kind of how to get better or any little tricks or anything like that first of all tell your family I would tell them the f off I don't know how you speak to your family but I would be like (laughs) let me be no, I, I think it, it depends. Like if you're, example, if you're baking something and you're sharing it with your family and they're used to eating like very traditional desserts, they might not think that the recipe is actually just, they might just not like the way they taste, to be honest with you. I think that when it comes to following a recipe, as long as you're following it to a T and making sure you're not doing any substitutions, not like you're Monique's laughing because all you talk about substitutions, you're not like changing the ratios, you're following it exactly. I think that that is, does make or break a recipe. You know, if a recipe calls for half a cup of coconut sugar and you don't use the coconut sugar, you use a different ingredient that will change it. And I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying this is like a universal like thing that could impact a recipe. And I also think that brands, sometimes the actual like manufacturer of a specific brand and flour and sugar, it varies. So for example, I love Wild Friends Creamy Peanut Butter. But if someone were to use a different peanut butter that's, say, like, not as oily and not as creamy, that's going to change the whole recipe. So that's also why I always, like, link to the specific brand that I'll use if there is – if I do think that it'll make a difference. That's why I link to Amazon or their, their website or wherever it is. Um, that'll definitely vary it. So make sure you're following the recipe to a T, no substitutions, and it might be, like, the, the product that you're using that could impact it. Yeah. I think if you're new to baking, it's best to start off with a really easy recipe. I'm talking like five ingredients or something that's flourless, maybe like, I don't know, a flourless brownie or a flourless cookie, something that's really, really simple that's made in one bowl. So I know that Rachel has tons of those recipes and yeah, definitely no subs, no subs. (laughs) That's the biggest mistake that people make. And even sometimes subbing like honey for coconut sugar or a different flour for like almond flour for regular flour doesn't work so just always 
ask number one if you can't figure it out if you're new to baking or read the comment section because a lot of people usually have made substitutions and that's Monique and Lisa, thank you so much. Monique, thank you for joining. I know that you are very overwhelmed right now. Like, got it. Believe me, I'm so appreciative you were able to do this. It means so much to me. No worries. Your sweet no worries. baby. And I can't wait to see pictures of them on Instagram later. And Lisa, thank you so much for moderating yet another amazing panel. I hope everyone enjoyed this. And if this was fun, we can definitely do another, another little something like this. Thank you guys for being here to celebrate just the good stuff. Hopefully one day I'll be able to hug each and every one of you again.